Blog Talk Radio. Well, we thought that things would work out in the end, but friends are not friends and enemies are so close to me. I don't know who you supposed to be, so contemplate that before approaching me. Hey, fool, run that shit the fuck back, man.
peace to the gods and peace to the goddesses. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. I am your host, So L. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome you to another show. This episode is entitled How I Invest and Save Money. Now, obviously, I'm not going to get into all my personal business, which y'all know how I do it. So, we're going to get into this thing. Once again, I would like to welcome you to the foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network where we understand incorrect information, incorrectly applied to get you hurt. Correct information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. So we're looking to apply correct information in a correct manner. I want to start off by saying all thanks, honors, and praises go to the Creator and the ancestors. For without them, we would not be here. I definitely want to say um, big up, big shout out, big peace, big respect to the big brother Yusuf Fell. High Frequency Radio Network creator, extraordinaire, I mean, that's Uncle Yusuf, big brother, I mean, how, you know, how is, he, how is he my uncle and my big brother at the same time? I can tell you it's not incestuous, it's on a spiritual level, y'all. High Frequency Radio Network creator, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, Yusuf and what he's done, I would not be... You know, so L, I can definitely say that. So big up to the brother. I want to invite you to check out welcome to the foundation.com. We can sign up for the email list. By the way, you're gonna sign up for the email list, it's gonna say one more step, you're almost done. You do the thing, confirm your email, whatever, check email, that's not true. I just wanna tell y'all that's not true. Once you hit the the little arrow button or whatever. You are definitely, definitely, excuse me, on the email list. You can also check out welcometothefoundation.com. You know, find the PDF section. Uh, there's a place where you can find the Twitter page, the Facebook page, the Instagram page. You can make a donation. You can also book a consultation all from the same spot. And that's welcometothefoundation.com. I do want to say peace to all the listeners. I do want to say peace to all the archive listeners. I'm going to say peace to the archive listeners first on, on this show. What's up? Peace, y'all. I appreciate the archive listeners. I also want to say peace to the live listeners. I, you know, I see y'all. I'm not, you know, discussion or anything. I'm just, you know, I just want to, you know, flip it up and say peace to the archive listeners real quick. As always, live callers, live people listening on the internet, those who check out MP3s, who listen to podcasts, uh, all of y'all sharing them, telling your people to check it out. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I want to say peace to all the trustees and trustee training. Salute, and all those investing in your private education. Get get at me at and welcome to the foundation dot com. You know, there's a time limit on trustee training. It's, uh, the window is closing. I mean, you know, just the foundation window. There's always other windows. I also want to say peace to anyone I've done business with in the private. I want to say peace to anyone 
that has made a donation and just, you know, made a donation on the strength. That was without even asking for nothing. I appreciate y'all. Also want to say peace to anyone who sent an email, well wishes, those who send current events. I appreciate that. Or anyone who's otherwise added to, you know, the foundation. I do want to say appreciate you. Thanks. That's what's up. Y'all my peoples. So let's get up. Let's get up. Let's do this show, right? Let's do this show. You know, you know how um you might have that one friend who be like, Don't ever want don't ever, <clears throat> excuse me, they don't ever wanna they don't ever wanna tell you nothing. You know, they come through, you know, they got something, you know, maybe they got some some shoes or a new car or you know, they just on something. And you're like, oh, man, put me on. they like, oh, you know, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, when it comes to how I invest to save money, I'm not really going to be that guy. You know, is what I'm trying to say. And, but at the same time, I, ain't, I am kind of going to be that guy. So I don't want to just, I want to make the disclaimer off top. that I'm not going to spill all my business and all my private estate business. When it comes to how we invest and save money, but I am gonna drop some jewels, and I'm gonna get in there. So with that, with that being said, let me let me jump into these current events, y'all, because I mean, and if I start breaking up, y'all let me know because that that would be lame. Where we at? Where we at? All right, current events. Let's do this dance. Reuters. U.S. housing market stuck in a rut even as mortgage rates fall. Washington. U.S. home building fell for a second straight month in June and permits dropped to a two-year low, suggesting the, the housing market continued to struggle despite Despite declining mortgage rates, the Commerce Department report today also showed housing completions at a six-month low and a modest increase in the number of homes under under construction. Indications that an inventory squeeze that has haunted the market could persist for a while. Basically, the inventory squeeze. There's a lot of these multi-million dollar houses out there available. Carter homes, you know, the $100,000 homes, you know, low $200,000 homes, you know, even the homes under $100,000. The good ones, the ones that you can just move in, move in ready, those aren't available. So that's what they're talking about with the squeeze. You know, just kind of, you know, hey, excuse me. Weak housing and manufacturing are holding back the economy, offsetting strong consumer spending. Land and labor shortages as well as expensive building materials, <coughs> trade war, <coughs> fake cough, are making it difficult for builders to meet demand for housing, especially in lower price segment of the market. Okay, good. That's a nod. That's so in, in the lower price segment of the market, that's what I just described, right? You know, $100,000 or less, you know, $150,000 there in mortgage rates have been decreasing since the Federal Reserve signaled it was pausing its interest rate raising campaign 
Borrowing costs could drop further as the U.S. Central Bank is poised to cut rates this month for the first time in a decade to protect the economy from rising threats from Washington's trade dispute with Beijing and slowing global growth. Y'all know I like to quote somebody. Okay, so here's a quote. Residential housing construction is one of the leading indicators of a recession. What do we keep hearing? We've been, I mean, you know, this is, this is getting, yo, y'all got to agree with me. This is getting repetitive. This word recession in the mainstream news. This is Reuters, R-E-U-T-E-R-S.com. It's a very, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to vouch for nothing. (laughs) It's a news, it's a news channel. Uh, Residential housing construction is one of the leading indicators of a recession. And while construction activity isn't dropping precipitously, housing is stuck in a rut, said Chris, this is Chris Rupke, nope, Rupke, I don't try to butcher people's names because I hate it when people mess mine up, chief economist at MUFG in New York, he went on to say if the feds thinks uh, rate cuts are going to send housing construction up like a rocket, they better think again. Housing starts decreased more than a percent to seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.253 million units last month as a rebound in the construction of single-family housing units was overshadowed by a plunge in multifamily home building, government said. Single-family home building, which accounts for the largest share of the housing market, increased 3.5% to a rate of 847,000 units in June, partially recouping some of May's sharp drop. Single-family housing starts fell in the Northeast, but rose in the Midwest and the South. Building, okay, here we go. Building permits tumbled. So permits for building new construction tumbled 61% to a rate of 1.22 million units in June, the lowest level since May 2017. Permits have peaked this year with much of the decline concentrated in single-family housing segments. A Fed report today described residential construction as flat from mid-May through early July. The Fed's Beige Book report of anecdotal information on business activity collected from contact nationwide also viewed the economy as continuing, quote, to expand at a modest pace with little change from the prior reporting period. Okay. <sighs> CNBC, stocks fall. For a study on concern about earnings. CC stocks today as corporate earnings season rolled on companies like CSX and Bank of America releasing their quarterly numbers. The Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped 115.7 points. The NASDAQ closed 46%, I mean, sorry, 0.46% lower. Uh, stocks closed at their lows of the day just after Wall Street Journal reported that progress on a trade deal with China had stalled over restrictions on Huawei. I got it right time, y'all. Huawei. <laughs> Citing people familiar with the talks. Railroad CSX posted weak forecast early results, sending its, do- its stock down more than 10%. It's shaping up to be less than positive quarter, and I doubt manage- management's are going to be terribly optimistic about the rest of the year, although we have easier numbers to go up against. This is Morris Oog, president at Tower Bridge. 
Netflix tanks after whiffing on global paid subscribers. First time. The report is here. Really terrible. Wall Street Journal. Netflix reports uh, dropping U.S. users first time in nearly a decade. Video service blames slower than expected growth in part on its program lineup. For the first time in nearly a decade, the number of people subscribing to Netflix in the U.S. declined. An announcement for the streaming giant that comes as, as a slew of rivals are about to enter the field. About to enter the field. The Los Gatos, California-based company said it had 133,000 fewer domestic subscribers at the end of the second quarter than at the end of the first, sending Netflix shares sliding more than 11%. The stock is still up by double digits for the year, though. So, hey, there you go. You feel better? CNBC foreign purchases of American homes plunged 36%. As Chinese buyers flee the market. Okay, so crazy thing is, we were talking about this probably six months ago, maybe a little longer. Yeah, I'm definitely it was like last year, and it was definitely def- we were talking about this stuff happening in mainly San Francisco and certain areas of the coast of San Francisco, of Oregon, and uh, you know some smaller areas in the Gulf. But this stuff hitting CNBC, I think this is significant. That's why I'm saying it. This is on CNBC. Foreign purchases of American homes. Am I chopping up? Foreign purchases of American homes as Chinese buyers flee, plunge 36%. All right, man. Okay. I'm chopping up. Am I really chopping up? Challenging conditions in the U.S. housing market, along with tighter currency controls by Chinese government, caused a stunning drop in foreign demand for American homes. The dollar volume of homes purchased by foreign buyers from April 2018 to March 2019 dropped 36% from the previous year, according to the National Association of Realtors. The decline was due to a drop in the number of average price of purchases. Hmm. Okay. Maybe it was a decline to do that average purchase of homes, man. Uh, something about that paid a median of 280600 which is higher than the median for all existing home buyers, which is 259600 It's like a $1,000 less, yo. A consequence of many factors, slower economic growth abroad, tighter capital controls in China, a stronger U.S. dollar and a low inventory of homes for sale contributed to the pullback of foreign buyers. This is Lawrence Yun, NAR chief economist. He went on to say, however, the magnitude of the decline is quite striking, implying less confidence in owning a property in the U.S. The Chinese were the leading buyers for the seventh consecutive year, purchasing an estimated billion worth of residential property. Yet that was a 56% decline from previous 12 months and comparatively the biggest percentage drop of all foreign buyers. Chinese economic growth slowed to 6.3% in 2019 which is compared to 6.9% in 2017 
When the previous buyer survey began, the Chinese government also tightened its grip on the outflow of cash to purchase foreign property. Thirty-six percent. That's a that's a large uh, amount of capital circulation of funds that is no longer taking place. This is definitely going to hurt the economy, man. I'm sorry. CNBC gold rises after IMF says U.S. dollar is overvalued. Uh, I'm going to read that again. Gold rises after IMF says U.S. dollar is overvalued. National Monetary Fund, if if y'all know. Gold rose today as the dollar dipped following remarks from the International Monetary Fund on the U.S. currency. The IMS comments saying the U.S. currency is overvalued by 6% to 12% based on near-term economic fundamentals. The IMF's comment is likely to give President Donald Trump more fodder for his frequent complaints that dollar strength is hampering U.S. exports. Earlier in the day, gold had traded slightly lower as stronger economic data from previous sessions dampened hope for a rate cut later this month. Gold is highly sensitive to rising interest rates, which lift the opportunity cost of holding non-yielding bullion. They also boost the dollar in which the metal is priced. So the International Monetary Fund says the United States currency is overvalued from 6 to 12%. Does that mean that the value of the currency, what we're being paid with for our labor, does that mean it could drop, the value of the currency could drop between 6 and 12%? Does that mean I'll be possibly paying 6 to 12% more for good services? Mm. CNBC stock slipped from record highs after Trump says, long way to go on trade talks with China. I don't know. Maybe the stock slipped because the IMF said that the currency was overvalued between 6 and 12%. I could be tripping. I'm probably tripping. I don't even know. Who am I? Stocks fell from record highs on Tuesday after President Donald Trump cast doubt on the trade progress between China and the United States. You believe that? Trump said the two countries have a long way to go on trade, adding the U.S. can slap tariffs on an additional $325 billion worth of these goods, quote, if we want, end quote. Trump's comments come after China and the U.S. agreed not to ratchet up trade chintz excuse me, tensions, in an effort to restart negotiations. China and the U.S. have slapped tariffs on billions of dollars worth of each other's imports since last year. The ongoing, the ongoing trade war, excuse me, has sparked fear of slower economic growth around the world. They also come as U.S. corporate earnings season kicks into full gear. Looking at this earnings season, the key question is, will trade enter uncertainty? cause businesses to pull back on spending and investment enough so that it begins to weigh earnings. This is Tom S.A., founder of Stevens Report. In another he went on to say if the 
evidence businesses, industrials also are starting to become more conservative. And that will be a big negative. Choppy choppy. I need to pull up back up. I need to pull up the back up. I appreciate we all take care of your homie on the show. Tell me when I'm shopping. Peace, peace. All right, let's try this. <clears throat> I tried the mid hike. Moving forward, let's go forward. Move forward. Um, the retail apocalypse isn't showing any signs of slowing down. Six months into 2019, there have already been 20% more store closings announced than in all of 2018. So in half of the year, there's more than 20% stores closing than all of last year. Based on core site researches, figures, and retailers' earnings reports, more than 7,000 stores are slated to shutter this year with thousands of locations already gone. Bankrupt footwear company Payless Shoe Source which closed its remaining U.S. stores last week, accounts for about 37% of the closings. Man, there's no more Payless Shoe Source. Man, we used to go get them plaque, man. I used to hate it. I don't know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, man. Your mom bring you down there, get you them plastic shoes. You be slipping and sliding in the gym. Sliding, man. You grab your head. Make sure your head don't hit the floor. That's the worst. Get some grip with them plastic shoes. The going out of business sales and liquidation of other brands is expected to continue. Core site estimates closures could reach 12,000 by the end of the year. Core site. Core site research tracks news about store closures, openings, and bankruptcies. The weekly U.S. and U.K. store openings and closures tracker focuses on department stores and specialty retail stores. Included but not limited to those selling soft lines, hard lines, consumer electronics, groceries, and furniture. They track the U.S. and U.K. Seven thousand sixty-two store closures have been announced in the U.S. just this year. Three hundred ninety-four have been announced in the U.K. Then you got to take into account the store openings. Is that better? CNBC Asia stock slipped amid renewed U.S.-China trade uncertainty. Singapore exports tumble. So it's not just the U.S. This is worldwide, baby. Singapore's exports dropped more than expected in June with data on to on was that what oh data today 
showing non-oil domestic exports in June plunged in 17.3% year-on-year, widely, widely missing the expected 9.9% contraction by economists in a Reuters poll. I'm going to keep going. That's on CNBC. Y'all can check that out. Reuters, G7 finance chiefs. Uh, I'm going to come back to that one. I'm sorry, because I want to talk about that a little bit. I want to talk about that a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. This, it's crazy news today. I was tripping. Uh, what is this? Bloomberg. Cracks in Asia. Junk bonds shown in stunning fall of textile firms. Okay? So I showed y'all this link. This stuff is worldwide, right? Okay, so... The wild ride in Indonesia textile makers dollar bond is putting a spotlight in the risk that Asia junk bond buyers are taking. Four months after a subsidiary of Indonesia's Dunitex group sold a $300 million bond attracting over $1 billion. That bond has plummeted, losing nearly 70 cents on a dollar this week. 70% lost 70% of its value. The stunning fall prompted by missed loan payment by another group subsidiary has shocked bond investors, which I know about Jay's Daisy Chaining Corporations. So they're talking about a subsidiary. Um, this game is cold. This public game is cold. Stay away from it if you don't understand what it is. Indonesia's firm slump also highlights risk that investors face as they buy into the region's junk bond market, which has returned 10.6% so far this year. Most since 2016, recent bond defaults out of China have raised concern about the quality of financial reports. One defaulter, Chinese firm, woo, wow, look at this name, Kong De Shui. I'll try it. Composite material was found to have faked profit, according to the nation's stock market watchdog. Aye, aye, aye. That was Bloomberg moving forward. Oxymoron alert, Wall Street Journal. Oxymoron alert, some high-yield bonds go negative. <laughs> For junk bonds that have negative yields, peculiar characteristics help explain their especially ultra-low rates. In the latest sign of financial markets going into uncharted territory, watch the language. More than a dozen junk bonds, which usually carry high yields, now trade in Europe with a negative yield. It is a stark illustration of how ultra-loose monetary policies have turned debt investing into a choice about how to lose the least amount of money. What? Oh, they're saying invest, investing. <laughs> it's not about how to make the most amount of money. It's how to lose the least amount of money. Uh, Wall Street. Wall Street Journal, Elon Musk's Neuralink shows off advances to brain-computer interface. Here we go. They don't, they look, I told you they're going to start implanting the brain. Elon Musk and top-level scientists from his neuroscience startup Neuralink Corp. who are developing a next-generation brain-to-computer interface unveiled what they build as a significant advance toward a therapeutic device Tuesday night. Oh, man, it's, it's a therapeutic device. Don't worry about it. Therapy. It'll be all right. It'll give you massages. Just gonna, 
you know, cut into your, to your brainstem and insert it just so slightly. The device would connect human brain and machines with more precision than other available devices, according to the company, which has been developing the technology for roughly two years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Throw your two-year-old technology in my brainstem. Neuralink is putting together a submission to the United States Food and Drug Administration to start testing. Y'all can watch out for that. You know, start testing. I don't know if y'all heard about this. You probably have, more than likely you have. But Facebook's talking about releasing this um, digital coin, this cryptocurrency, Facebook, right? And people, you know, everybody got something to say. I don't know if you've heard anybody say this, but I'm going to say this. Hopefully, this is something different than what you've heard. Anybody talking about this Facebook coin? What I'm going to say is the International Monetary Fund did a white paper on a cashless society. And they 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 laid forth a certain uh, nudges or parameters on how to do this, how countries would do this ultimately. And I'm telling you, one of the ways that they will push out some digital currency, cryptocurrency, and a cast of society or whatever, is through a large multinational company like Facebook. Pretty much everybody's on Facebook. And I mean it's getting a lot it's getting a lot of backlash. And I can you know, I can see that. Like so it's probably not gonna happen. There's 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 adversaries everywhere with regards to this digital coin that Facebook planned to release. Excuse me. And I would go so far as to say is that you were correct. But here's the thing, y'all. Here's what they do. They keep every, they keep trying. They'll introduce some stuff. Like in this legislatures, like uh, the House of Representatives, the Senate, whatever, how they, how they introduce bills and stuff into legislature. I've seen it. I've seen it. Where do I look at it? Like you can look in, you're like, man, what is it called? They'll have, like, most states have legislative legislative manuals, and you can look in those manuals, and it goes over the, the whole state legislature and what it does and the secretary of state, blah, blah, blah. And then they've got, like, different um, other sources that will lead you to all of the bills that were introduced and passed in, like, a state legislation. And they have this on the federal level, too. And I've looked at these things. So I, you know, I find them interesting. And what I've seen and I'm talking, about, I'm talking about going back to the 1800s, late 1700s. What I've seen is these people, especially with legislation, they'll introduce a bill, it won't pass, and they'll, inter- they'll wait a few sessions and do it again if it doesn't pass, wait a few sessions, do it again if it doesn't pass. All the while, while they're waiting a few sessions, they're doing some sort of propaganda, you know, trying to introduce or persuade the public thinking and stuff. It's crazy. And eventually it passes. And you can see it. You can look back through the history of legislation, and you can see it if you look at it. You can see it. So just the introduction of Facebook digital coin, uh, a social media coin, let's put it like that. You know how China has a social media score or the social score? Some people have a certain score. They can't even get on a plane. Please pay attention. G7 finance chiefs pour cold water on Facebook's digital coin plans. A group of seven finance chiefs cast a cloud over prospects of Facebook's Libra digital coin. 
insisting tough regulatory problems would have to be worked out first. The massive, massive social media company's plan to launch a digital coin has met with a chorus from regulators, central bankers, and governments saying it must respect anti-money laundering rules and ensure the security of transactions and user data. So I'm telling y'all, if Facebook continues to push this and conforms with the money laundering rules, is basically we want to know everybody who's dealing with these coins. We want to KYC or know your customer. And the security of transactions is basically another layer. of We want to know who these people are and who's transacting who. This is going to go through, man. Here, but there are also deeper concerns that the powers of big tech companies increasingly encroach on areas belonging to governments, like issuing currency. The sovereignty of nations cannot be jeopardized. French finance minister Bruno Le Maire told journalists after chairing the first day of the two-day meeting. The overall mood around the table was clearly one of the important concerns about the recent Libra announcements and the shared view that action is needed, needed urgently, he added. Um, once again, the fact that this stuff is even being brought up, to me, signals that it's going to slowly and slowly be introduced. Let me try another mic. Choppy? No? Okay, so eventually, like I said, that's going to go through. Or some rendition of it is going to go through. And it's, it's little nudges. If, if you move a group of people, it's by little pushes. Choppy? Little pushes, a little bit at a time. And you can eventually nudge someone out of their position. And you can do that in a group setting. So look out for that. But uh, anyway, that's that's it with, with current events. I appreciate y'all. Oh, it's choppy. Hold on. All right, all right. Give me one second. Hold on. The information station that's waking up the nation. High frequency radio network. Sync up. All right, I'm back. I thought I was back. 
My back. So, how I invest and save money. <clears throat> this is the show this evening. I appreciate y'all checking out the show. I see y'all in, in y'all mad interested in my private business. Why y'all being nosy? <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm in a good mood today. I woke up clowning. Um, someone told me I played too much. I ain't heard that in a long time. <laughs> so I heard that today. It's been a while since I heard. But um, you know, I'm in a good mood today. I don't know if y'all can hear it, so I'm kind of clowning. But um, yeah, I see y'all being nosy. Anyways, uh, I'm going to talk about how, how I invest um, and how I, you know, save. And obviously, I'm going to be discussing on behalf of, you know, my private estate, on behalf of a, a trust or estate or, you know, maybe even a uh, family foundation. But we're very careful, obviously, to not have, you know, too many investments. On the on the on the foundation side, let me, let me be clear. Do that, uh, you know, there's taxes in. And somebody told me, I, you know, I need to look into 508s. And I'm the type of person, you know, I still, I still, I still know that I don't know everything. So I'm definitely going to be looking into these 508 entities, just because, you know, why not? And I'm all I'm always down to learn, like I said. But I appreciate y'all checking out the show. I definitely do. And you know, I look to give y'all some value. So first, first and foremost, when you're investing and when you're saving, I want to say that you need to be looking out. For the long haul, the long haul. <laughs> I said haul, the long haul. I, you know, I don't look at growing wealth and investing as like a quick type of deal. I'm sure there's you no know, short-term, medium, and then long-term strategies. But overall, the outlook is extrapolated over time. So you know, it's a, it's a Drawn out outlook. So I do want to say that before I get started. I also want to say I am not giving legal advice, investment advice, um, not telling you what to do. I'm not telling you this is how you be successful. I don't want to hear it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just, you know, I felt like, you know, why not? Why not tell y'all a little bit about how I do it and what I do? And what I find the most value in, what strategies I value the most, and why, and why, why not? So I want—I definitely want to say, when you're looking at these strategies, you want to think over time. I'm talking about time. And if you're looking at some quick stuff, it doesn't work. And how I found out that quick stuff doesn't work was trying to execute quick stuff over my life. <laughs> And realizing, yeah, man, you know what? Let me just let me just make this happen for real. Uh, then listen to what people are telling me who already 
have what I want. And I'm not talking about on some envious stuff. I'm talking on, on some inspiring from a, from a level of inspiration, not a, not a level of envy. If I'm ever looking at anyone else's stuff, it's from aspiration, inspiration. I don't know envious stuff. And I suggest you be on the same level. Because it's important to keep, you know, a certain level of your mind. Especially when you're talking, when we're, we're dealing with the law of attraction. So I'm going to talk about some sound investing, not sophisticated or not too sophisticated. So if you're looking for sophisticated information, you know, hey, this might not be it. I apologize. And like I also said, like I said, from the trust standpoint, not from the standpoint of a self-dealing or some sort of um, co-mingling. Also, you know, from the understanding and standpoint that there is no money in circulation. How about that? We had that copy. And what that means is, you know, if you look in the Constitution, Congress uh, delineated or determined, or the framers of the Constitution, excuse me, that's why I couldn't get that out. The framers of the Constitution determined what money was. And it's definitely not what's popping in the streets right now. But before we jump into that, I want to talk about appreciation versus depreciation. Obviously, most of y'all know, self-explanatory, appreciation is something that gains or raises in value. Depreciation is something that loses value over time. And understanding appreciation and depreciation, especially when you're talking about personal property and real estate, is very, very important. I'm not talking about a tax standpoint at all write-offs, none of that. What I'm talking about is from the standpoint of value, whether it's relative value, uh, fiat value, monetary value, uh, tangent, I mean, no, you know what I'm talking about, hopefully. But I'm not talking about taxes. So, perfect example. Um, depreciation, an item that you could put your uh, money in, thinking that you are actually making a, uh, some sort of sound investment and you're really not. Uh, where actually you are paying for depreciation on the item. Even if you're going to keep it forever, I still think it's ridiculous to pay for depreciation. Perfect example, like I said, and a lot of people will give this example, is the purchase of a new uh, car. Uh, a lot of people say you lose this money as soon as you drive it up a lot. Technically, this is true. But over a certain time period, the the car will depreciate to a certain level and then kind of sit there. And depending on the mileage and so on and so forth, it'll sit around a certain level and be, you know, fluctuate between a certain amount or a certain value. And to buy to purchase something at a, the height of its depreciation cycle is not sound, in my opinion, when you're talking about investing in faith. It's not a sound practice. Appreciation, in my opinion, like a classic car or something, or maybe a car, because I'm talking about cars, um, and just in this example, maybe a car that you believe is 
or, or pretty sure is going to become, quote, a classic car. For example, I'm into BMWs. I love them things. I know that there's a certain year where they stop. I'm sorry, hold on, let me back up. Um, there's a certain BMW model that they make that is a performance-type model. It's called the M Series. They make M3s, M4s, and so on and so forth. Um, but the M3 and then the M5, but mo- mostly the M3 is very, 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 very popular among enthusiasts. And then Audi, Audi, Audi has an S-line, blah, 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 blah. Um, but there's a certain year where they stopped making manual transmission, stick-shift transmission M3s. And I feel that that year and maybe a couple years before that are going to, once they hit the depreciation spot, they're going to raise in value exponentially over time. And they're going to appreciate. And there's going to be a certain point where it's going to be very, very um, potentially profitable on an investment side to purchase a specific car. Now, I'm in the M3, so this is what I know. You is different. But before you start getting into investing, even on a sound uh, level, you need to understand what appreciation is and what depreciation is and what it means. Same thing is you go buy something at the store, they say 30 days return exchange. After 30 days, they ain't going to give it back to you. I mean, mean, they're not going to take it back and give you your money back to you. And if you take it to another store, a third hand or a pawn shop or something, you're not going to get what you paid for. That's another type of depreciation. Really, it's retail prices, whatever. Value's in the eye of the beholder. But understanding appreciation and depreciation is important. And I'm sorry if this wasted your time. But this is one of the foundational principles when it comes to how I invest and how I save. Also, having established that, um, I'm going to go back and forth a little bit on the save side and on the investment side. Um, There may be a couple things that might surprise you. There might not be anything that surprises you. There may be some things you didn't think about. I'm going to try to hit as many bases as I can. Um, I did prep for this as best as I could, so I'm I'm going by my notes, y'all. So on the saving side, (laughs) how do I save? First and foremost, on on behalf of my private estate, which entity names will remain nameless, we save. Saving the act of saving is executed primarily through the exchange of fiat or federal. Federal Reserve notes, specifically in this condition um, situation, for gold, silver, and other precious metals. This is not investing. I do not. We do not invest in precious metals. We don't. Um, the numis, the so-called numismatic coins, is, is a bunch of crap. If you read the um, the Gold and Silver Coin Act, the American Eagle Silver Coin Act, the American Eagle Gold Coin Act, and then the American Eagle Silver Coin Act. It's around 1985, 86. I got it somewhere. I, I'm just not going to take the time to find you right now. Um, but Congress designated only those coins as numismatic. And you get into the the, the coin industry, you out here trying to buy 
some gold and silver. These fools tell, oh, this is a Roman denarii and it's worth uh, $500 if you buy it now, but it's going to be worth $2,000. How much does this, is it silver? Yeah, it's silver. How much does it weigh? Oh, well, the weight doesn't matter. Yes, it does. If you don't understand that, I'm not trying to hear it. I don't care if it's from Rome, from the Aztecs, if it's Egyptian gold, I'm not paying too much above spot price. This is dollar cost averaging. Hands down. Because when you go to exchange that, that metal, you A, want something if you have to exchange. You want something that's easily recognizable. They don't have to cut pieces off of it and try to put it in chemicals and try to you know, test it and stuff like you know, You want something very, very easily recognizable so therefore it can be easily exchanged. And you want something easily portable. You get those types of coins and stuff, they come in these cases and you got the boxes. Damn all that. Excuse my language, but I got time for all that. Maybe somebody, maybe you are the type of person, like you're into, you're into coins and, you know, different poured, you know, coins and, and you know, minted coins and, you know, proof coin. You're into that stuff. You're, in, you're into, you know, different trinkets and stuff made out of gold and silver. Okay, let that be one of your professions. Maybe that can be one of your streams of income. Me personally, I'm not into that. I'm in the actual, actual intri- intrinsic value. I want the metal. I want the money. So that's number one. That's number one how we save in the so L state. <laughs> so we need to understand what real money is. It's never been paper money. It's always been gold and silver. Gold and silver, rep- I mean, these papers, dollars represented a certain amount, weight of gold and silver at the Federal Reserve literally up until like the, the 1970s, if you want to be specific. I think it was Bretton Woods or something. I don't know, man. Got a lot of stuff in my brain. Gold gold and silver has always been real money. So I would say that's number one. Most of y'all probably already know that. On the investment side, um, hands down, the first things you invest in, most of y'all already, you can probably say it with me, real estate, hands down. It is the number one differentiator when it comes to the wealth of a family on the planet, especially in the United States or United States of America or America or Amaka, Amaraka, Aksa, or however you pronounce this landmass. Real estate. Real estate appreciates. As you pay down the mortgage, the gap between what is owed on the property versus how much the property is worth grows and grows. And as you have the market appreciating, the the value of the property is growing as well. You can turn around, purchase a property, and if you do a property, turn around in the right market in two or three years, have the the property have appreciated the value to you know between twenty five and forty percent. And you were talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Forty percent is nearly half. So if you paid two hundred thousand dollars on your property, you're talking about almost a hundred thousand dollars. You technically made just by holding and paying down the mortgage on that property. Now when you get into multifamilies, you're getting you're getting really creative and you're getting crazy. It's called house hacking. It's a fast pathway to wealth and independence. People do it all the time especially couples or partners, like two friends or something. So 
will go and qualify for his first time home buyer loan, and they'll get a multifamily, a two bedroom. I mean, I'm sorry, a two two units, a duplex or a triplex or a fourplex. You can do up to a fourplex, and they'll get one like really cheap or within their budget or something. They might have to um, do some work on it. But most often, the first one that they get, they're gonna it's gonna be moving ready, and they're gonna want to get the tenants in there right away, and they're gonna live there. And one of them might may live there, and one of them might not, or whatever. But after two years, the the rent that comes in from the property is counted as income on top of their their work income, their job income. So two years later, they go back, and not only do they count their income, each individual, and you can do it with a couple or whatever, even if you're married, same thing. Not only do they count their income, but also the rents that they were getting off that multi-family property. Even if it's just one unit that they're renting out, that is income as well. Plus, they paid down the loan for two years, so there's equity in the property. Maybe it might be $20,000, might be $15,000, might be $10,000, might be $8,000, doesn't matter, it's money. And that basically is money in the bank. So they take that, their income, their two years of tax return, the income off their property, and the equity, they assign the equity in their property and go buy another property or even two. And this, these ones, um, they rehab. So they live in them while they fix it. They move out of their previous one and rent out the other unit. Now they got double income. And now they got two properties, and each of them live in it, and they go take turns on the weekends, and they go fix it up. And guess what happens? They both sell those properties, and now they can quit their jobs. They got income from the first property. They can rent out the other two properties. Now they got three properties. So probably they're multi-units. Now, they're, now they can really realistically live off real estate, and they did that in four years, realistically. Four years. I think the minimum for an FHA loan is like 580 or something. Don't quote me. And two years of tax returns. Most all, everybody got two years of tax returns because they've been working for the man, waiting for the tax returns. Most of us just spent our tax returns. But if you fail to plan, you, you you know, you plan to fail. So real estate, that's number one. And if you get creative with it, you can come up in under five years. Think about it. What were you doing five years ago? You know, isn't five years ago like yesterday? To a lot of you, it's like, man, that was just, that was five years ago? What? It's already been five years? What? Uh, savings, back on the savings side, especially when you're talking about um, the family estate. Life insurance. Life insurance. Life insurance. But so, life insurance, don't you have to pay a premium? Yes. How is that saving? Isn't that an investment? Because then you can, you can, uh, you know, you get a death benefit, so you hopefully you paid less into the insurance over time than the benefit was. Okay, yeah, technically, sure. But in these specific type of policies that we deal with in the private, there's a cash value. And this cash value is available between 24 hours, and sometimes usually it's usually 30 days after you pay the premium. So it's basically a bank. If you're paying premiums into life insurance policy over a couple of years, you're building up cash value in the policy that you can borrow out for um, for large purchases, so you don't have to, uh, you know, 
finance your vehicle through the bank. You can just finance it through your life insurance policy. Finance the down payment of the property through the bank or have to save it up um, in a bank account. And a lot of times you're paying life insurance policies. There's some sort of deduction that's allowed. Even on the individual side, but usually you have to be the owner and the benefit. I mean, at least the owner and the insured, not the beneficiary. But like I said, I ain't giving legal advice. Get off me. But life insurance is huge on the savings side. It's huge. And these are things that people are not telling. It's spoken about in the private with whispers. And when you do talk about stuff like that, they kind of look at you weird. Like, why are you talking about this? This is stuff we don't talk about, and it's stuff I learned when I was a child, not to talk about. And we just assume that you already knew this. And if you don't know this, why are you over here with us? So there's life insurance. That's on the savings side, investment side, side businesses, <laughs> investing businesses. I'm not talking about buying stocks. I'm talking about family businesses. I'm not talking about businesses plural. I'm talking to a plural amount of people. So I'm saying businesses. But a family business is important, even if it's a singular generation business, which means, you know, maybe you operated or you and your, your spouse or significant other, y'all operated, or maybe you and your son or you and your daughter, y'all operate the business through y'all lifetimes. And after that, you know, maybe it's a niche business. You know, you, know, you guys are uh, doing security software or something. And no one else knows how to code that stuff in your family. So after y'all stop operating that business to kind of, you know, y'all have to dissolve it because there's nothing. But, I mean, there's other businesses y'all can get in that the family can, you know, it doesn't really take um, an education to run a, 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 a tailored business. Uh, maybe just a couple family members will get the education and then teach everything they know to their, you know, their heirs. And, you know, you have a family tailor shop or you have a family laundromat uh, or you have a, you know, I've known these types of businesses that have been kept through the family over generations. And, um, you know, hey, man, what's up, man? Good to see you. Your family's still holding that laundromat? Yeah, yeah. And we own a couple more now, too. And when we were kids, he, his family owned a laundromat. That was, like, part of the thing. So, so you know, think of, like, uh, family businesses. Uh, if you own real estate, you can do Airbnb. That's a side hustle. Uh, boom. You can do drop shipping uh, with, pr- with a heavy promotion online, do an Instagram page. Uh, little Twitter page. Uh, these dudes are making killings off of uh, what is it? Different different types of products. Um, I saw this one. It was it was brilliant. Um, you know, on um, Instagram, you can look at a post and then you can swipe. What is it? Left, and they have multiple different pe- pictures or posts on one post. Well, it was this one post talking about EMF radiation and headphones and how. You know, you have EMF radiation, if the headphones, if the speaker is built into the headphones, you're putting the speaker in your ear. And it was like, it was, it was, it was written, it was presented as an informative post. But at, at the last page, they were selling headphones for $10 for free shipping or something like that. Uh, with, the, with the speaker wasn't in the actual part that you put in your ear. It was like further down the wire or something like that. And like, if you can get people... Uh, emotionally charged about a topic, you can definitely sell them a product. Tell them. So, yeah, I mean, drop shipping, um, some sort of cleaning service. You can start a cleaning service. There's apps called Nextdoor. Um, there's, uh, what is it called? Fiverr. 
F-I-V-R-R.com. You can get like a logo done for 50 bucks by somebody in India. You just tell them what you want, make an account, tell them what you want. Um, you'll go, you got to find someone who does logos. It's not hard though. You just do a search, tell them what you want, what kind of logo you want. And then they do the logo for $50. Um, it's come on. No, but I mean, there's, I know stuff people don't know about, but you know, you can do a cleaning service or something, you know, it don't take much to start up a cleaning service. And you can be just a cleaning service that only cleans on the weekends if you have a job. Maybe you clean 10 hours on the weekend. You know, maybe you don't. Moving services is another thing. This one, you know, requires a truck. But, you know, a lot of that is just manual labor. If you can make an endowment, uh, an, endowment an agreement, <laughs> you're going to make an agreement with, you know, your friend, your brother, or something with regards to this moving company and how it grows and how it's going to be split. That's not tough. Uber Lyft is another business you can invest in. You know, um, fix your credit up, man. Fix your credit up. Throw some AUs on there. You know, holler at my guy, Sharon Hill. Fix your credit up. Throw some users or, you know, whatever. You got season accounts. Holler at Toronto. You know, whatever. I don't know. And then, uh, you know, go get a loan on a vehicle. I'm not telling you. I ain't giving you legal advice. Go get a loan on a vehicle. And then uh, Uber. Uber, Uber, you only got an Uber enough to pay the uh, the payment and the insurance. So at least make the, you can at least make the car pay for itself. And then you know, I don't know, work part time, figure out your rent, and then you know, food or something. You know, try to lower your expenses as much as you can, and free up your time as much as you can to focus on your business. It's very important, man. I mean, grinding for two years, two years straight, while everybody else is out there. Having fun and doing their normal thing is definitely worth it. When they ask you how you doing this and where, where you going and where you come from, and you start talking to them about stuff that they can't even imagine themselves being a part of. It's, it's you know it's a rewarding thing. Uh, real talk, I'm gonna keep it honest. This requires a truck, a truck too, though. But Meadows Collector, you know what I'm saying? I see them cats with the trucks. They be running down alleys and stuff, grabbing people's old bump beds and water heaters and throwing them in the back of the truck and going recycling that stuff. Man. And if you're looking at it like that, it's just money laying around. They're just picking up money and going to grab, you know, going to get the money. So I, you know, I just wanted to, I just want to throw out there a couple of businesses, as far as on the investment side, that I think are practical, and we can get into, you know, right away. But I think real estate should be on the top of your list. You should definitely write that down as a goal, and start making moves to get into some multifamily <clears throat> real estate. Um, and get that popping. And people are like, oh, I'm not going to use the social. Um, okay, well, you know. All right. Back on the savings side. Believe it or not, uh, a great way of saving, and some of y'all might be on this, um, is 22 karat and up gold. 22 karat gold, 24 karat gold. Uh, jewelry. Jewelry. Most of you don't know, you go out of town, you go out of the country. If you go buy coins and bars, you got to declare it. Uh, and declares value, um, but you can get chains and necklaces and rings and stuff, put that stuff on, put your bracelets on and stuff, you ain't got to declare that. You ain't got to declare the value. It looked at as more private. I, you know, I think that's a great thing. And, you know, it can be passed down from generation to generation, and it is money. It's money. So you can build up your family heirlooms. Uh, Staying on the savings side, uh, 
thinking of that. You know, I got some people that I know um, they are into, you know, holistic. And, I, you know, I was thinking about it and have thought about it. You know, they're really into holistic, but they sold, pretty much sold me on the benefits of actual real silverware and how it has antimicrobial properties and so on and so forth, copperware and silverware, but more specifically silverware. You can go to estate sales or pawn shops or, you know, gold and silver dealers and or give them calls and let them know that, hey, I'm looking for used silverware. So if you ever get it, you know, go ahead and hit me up. You can get that stuff for pretty much spot price. It's practical. You can actually use it. And it's money. I've read several times in history where individuals and even families have had to run and flee their native lands or cities or whatever and were able to transfer their wealth to their new spot just because they took their silverware and their, you know, candlesticks and all their gold and silver ornaments. Their the wealth, they made the wealth practical. They made it practical to use every single day. I, I think there's something to be said about that. So, you know, shout out to my guy who put me on to that. On the investment side, mining stocks. Straight up, mining stocks. I don't really mess with stocks, you know, but when I do, they're mostly mining stocks. Uh, mining stocks typically bang harder than precious metals during a recession. I know that there was a recession coming, so I'm, you know, getting into things that I know that are, are heavy recession um, winners. And one of those is precious metals, mining stocks, silver mining stocks, gold mining stocks. And, you know, you're not going to really find too many primary silver miners, but definitely do your research, check prospectuses, look at P&Ls. Do your research. I'm not giving you stock stock advice. That's why I'm not going to say any real like stock picks or anything like that. Um. So, but mining stocks, precious metal mining stocks. Check them out. E waste, electronic waste stocks. Investment side. I think it's gorgeous. I think it's brilliant. I think I think it's it's it, I think it's very interesting that they're getting more gold from a ton of electronic waste than they are from the best or they can find on the planet significantly more gold from a ton of electronic waste than they are from the best ore they can find on the planet. Significant amounts more. Think about what I just said. If you're into it, if you're hip, this is for y'all, some of y'all sophisticated cats. I, I ain't forget about you. Um, so on the savings side, I'm going to get back into that savings side. Even though I said this on the investment side, I'm going to say it on the saving side as well. Real estate. Buy property, man. Y'all know it's kind of a trend here. Buy property. Property, when you buy property, even if you have a mortgage, it acts like a bank in the same way of uh, properly structured life insurance policy does. Every time you pay down the principal, you're adding more value or freeing more value up in the equity of the property which means there's more, um, technically there's more dollars that you can cash out in equity in the property every single time the mortgage is paid. So basically, as far as I'm concerned, I liken that to a type of piggy bank. And I think real estate, hands down, is one of the best ways to hold wealth, to save. Yes, real estate. Um, on the savings side, if you're into it, especially by people down south, um, in 
in the Gulf, in Cali, especially, you know, if you're in cities that aren't directly sitting on top of the ocean, classic cars, man, classic cars. You would be amazed if you're not already up on it what these cars are going for in different parts of the country, let alone different parts of the world. If you have the connects, the know-how, the the ambition to get your hands on a classic car, uh, modify it just a little bit, make it look real dope, maybe wrap it or something, and get some attention behind it, you can make good money off of classic cars. I got a homeboy right now that's sourcing cars of the Cuba. Cuba, there's a trade embargo for a long time, like since the 50s or something. So they got those old school 50s Chevys and uh, Dodges or whatever down there. My my guy's pulling them out of there. He's making crazy money shipping them to China, man. So if you can get your hands on them, get your hands on the classic car and just sitting on it. There's people, I mean, I've seen shows. People on YouTube that they man, they be going around, they call them pickers. They be going around all around the country and stuff, going through people's yards and properties and their acreage and stuff and looking for old uh rusted out cars and frames and stuff. And they grab them for a certain price, put a certain amount of money into them, and then go sell them at certain car shows and stuff. To nostalgic old I'm gonna be honest, to nostalgic old white man who made it. Cashed in, now they cashed out on their, on they, you know, the cars that they grew up with. It's a niche, man. It's a niche, man. People, man, I know people getting paid. All right, let me jump on the investment side. Um, where we at? What is this? I can't even read my own hand right now. Oh, investing in other staple stocks and other staple companies, but on discount when, when stocks are down. Uh, what would be a stable company? Okay, so in this I'll say obviously it's name brands that we've known for a long time. Maybe a brand like Coca-Cola. You know, a brand that even if a new drink comes out, you know, a brand like Coca-Cola is going to buy it out. Uh, what's another brand? Probably like, like maybe General Electric or something. You know, the, the brands that ain't never gone nowhere for a long time probably ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Now, do you do diligence, but, you know, for a foundational investment of your portfolio, you think, you, I don't think you can really go wrong, you know, the OG stocks. It's just, you know, it's all about timing when you grab them, I believe. And yeah, I'm talking about what I know about y'all. Uh, let me jump on the, let me stay on the investment side. This is probably important. I probably should do this number one. But on the investment side, invest in your education. Invest in your education. If you can't see it, you can't capitalize. If you can't recognize an opportunity, it doesn't exist to you. It never exists. The only time it exists is when someone brings it to your attention. Someone you trust. It says, yeah, man, you missed that. And you're like, for real? And they're like, yeah. You see that girl, the way she was looking at you, man? Oh, man, I didn't even see that. Yep, it's called a missed opportunity. And most missed opportunities are due to ignorance. 
And investing in your private education is probably the biggest and most important investment you can make. Because the more you know, the more you can do. And the more you understand, the more you can capitalize on. And you got to think about this as a, over a long term. You're probably going to live to be pretty old. You got, you got, you got some time to learn some stuff. And you got some more time to learn some more stuff. So investing in your private education or in your public education or both is probably the biggest investment you can make just in front of investing in real estate. It's my opinion. Um, savings on the savings side, how you can save, how I save collectibles, little niche collectibles. <clears throat> some people save, you know, I know some people who save those old Coca-Cola bottles with the Coca-Cola in it, the old short ones and stuff. Save them. Probably was 25 cents when um when they came out. And this dude was selling them for nine, ten dollars a bottle. And he got five hundred bottles. It's a niche. It was a niche collectible that he saw and of course he had to wait some time to capitalize on it. But it was just part of his overall plan. He had a lot of those things, some porcelain dolls, some different knickknacks from the army, old meals ready to eat from way back in the day, World War II memorabilia and stuff. Making money off this stuff, making money off of memorabilia, off of old people's stuff. It's a niche. And niche collectibles do their dance because people get nostalgic in their old age, man, and they want to be reminded of when they were younger. And anything that you can do to facilitate that nostalgia can get you money. Seriously. We coming to the end of the show. We got about two and a half minutes left in the broadcast. I will go over a little bit. If you want to catch that and not get cut off, you want to call in 42 I'm sorry, four two four two 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 five two five zero. That's four two four two 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 five two five zero. Got two minutes left, y'all. So yeah, like niche collectibles, man. Those things, those things can be huge. Those things can be huge. I got like my aunties, some of my family that like to watch that uh, what's that show, the antique road show where people be coming in with their old stuff, trying to get them appraised, and people be getting surprised because they bring this old painting and it's worth, you know, fifty thousand dollars or something like that. That's a niche. And then you know, moving forward, you know, collectible art. Is a big way to say it. It's a very big way to say it. Now, okay, that's a little on the high end. You know what I mean? Like, I know. But, I, you know, hey, it's good to know, right? Everything's good to know? But, you know, I, I think that's important. I think, you know, knowing these options are important. Um, on the investment side, two more relationships and people. Invest in relationships, invest in people. You can't be on an island, man. You need a team. And the best team is the people that you know and the best people that you trust. And the people who have similar, you know, upbringings, struggles, ambitions as you. And those people, you know, usually are the people that you know. The people that you invested time in to form a relationship. 
So invest in relationships. You know, get to know the people at, at your bank where you got your trust accounts. Be nice to them. Always smiling. Say hi to them. Invest in that relationship. Even if it's a business relationship, invest in people and invest in relationships. It's a really big deal. It's a big thing. And if you miss it, you're going to miss a lot. And on the investment side, endowments. Now, a lot of people ain't heard of endowments. You can only take advantage of endowments through, you know, a trust in a state or a private foundation or a charity, a public charity. No individuals or corporations. So you got to get structured properly. But an endowment is a contract that you make with the financial... Uh, With the hospital or university, it's a contract that you initiate on behalf of your trust, state, or foundation. With the hospital or university, you give them a lump sum of money. They have these. They have access to these high yielding interest accounts. They deposit the money in the account. Y'all negotiate to split the difference on the interest of the deposit. It can go for what curriculum you want taught in the university. It can go to help build a new wing in the hospital, whatever you want. And that's what the school will use their part of the interest on. The other part goes to your foundation or goes to your family trust for life, forever. After you pass, beyond that, as long as that hospital or university is in existence and or after its existence, the endowments will be rolled into another hospital university. It happens all the time. You'll get noticed. You can investigate these endowments. And that's on the investment side. That's not everything, but that's a nice chunk of how I save and how I invest on the private side. But what you could say and what we would say is publicly but from the private side on behalf of my family estate and you know these are the things that I keep in mind these are the things um, the foundational principles and understandings that I always use as anchors when it comes to saving and investing and it has done wonders wonders it's changed life as well as the quality of life of my family. Wonders. And I'm not even talking about if it's a private family foundation and you got your family trust and your family trust is donating to your private family foundation. But there's a life insurance policy in the name of the foundation. So those donations, those charitable deducted donations are being paid to pay premiums on life insurance policy, which gives access to capital, to cash value, which is then loaned to the business trust. That's a, that's a protection trust, possibly an individual. And a loan is not income. Income is a loan taxed. Is a loan income is a tax. And is a repayment on a loan I'm done. Structure is important. But understand the foundation is the most important. 
man, I'm just, <clears throat> I'm going to leave it at that. I think I'm going to go to the phone line, man. I mean, do I have any? I mean, look. I'm trying to give it to y'all. I'm really trying to give it to y'all. I hope y'all feel me. I've been, you know what? I've been getting hit up. I've been getting, you know, people have been going to the website and sending a message through the website. I've been getting emails. I appreciate y'all because, you know, lately, I'm just going to be honest, lately I've been getting a lot of people saying that they appreciate the, the, the information that's brought forth on the foundation. And I appreciate that. It's not me, though. It's the ancestors. It's the creator. I'm just doing my job, you know? I'm in a specific capacity. Don't fall off. You lose it. But um, I, I trust that. I trust y'all enjoyed the show. I trust you, you gained something from it. I trust you um, you learned something. And I trust that I was able to, in some way, shape, or form, inspire you to move forward. In some way, shape, or form. But I am going to jump on the phone line and I'm going to get a body. Because you know, I don't know how I do it. I like to probably gag. So, uh, 602, let's go to you. Area code 602-9705 is the last phone. 602-9705, peace. What's your name? Where you calling and, from? And we had to even research what's the right level. Because when you drop what's from here, when you drop what's from here, what you want to be always using, if you're going to say, these are the levels that we're considering that. They listening. They listening to the show and some other shows? Hold on. Y'all got ADD. Y'all got ADD. You giggling? I heard you get you giggling, man. See, y'all can tell. I'm still, I'm clowning. I'm in a good mood. Nine two five thirteen oh six. Nine two five thirteen oh six. Peace. What's your name? Where you calling from? Nine two five thirteen oh six. One three zero six. Nine two five. I mean, yeah, I can't hear you. sound like you're around the corner down there. Is that better? Yeah, there you go. All right, man. It's your boy. Mr. Oh, Bay. All right. Was uh, enjoying your show and enjoying that little bit of somebody watching something else. I was curious what they was watching. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, nah, man, you you giving information for people like you usually, and only thing I would say is that um, it's funny because my neighbor, I got a Caucasian neighbor who uh, is a real uh, surprising. I didn't think I was gonna be able, to, you know, actually like to do. He's really nice and everything, but this guy has been working all his life. But he showed me to his house, and he was like, I was like, oh, you got a lot of nice pictures. He said, oh yeah, this one costs this much. So these are investments, you know. And he said, I got, I got a rug. Um, that rug over there, I got. It's, um, it's very expensive, you know. And he said, so you know, a lot of this stuff I got in here, you know, he had like a couple rugs and he had a couple pictures, like pictures of, you know. And these are just. And he said, yeah, 
this is what I keep my investment at. Why people don't, you know, think about these things as investment, you know. <laughs> I was like, that's true. And then, you know, somebody might try to rob the house and they're not looking at the, the the carpet, you know, the rug that he got or the uh, picture that they got. Yeah, they come in there, give me the money, and they send it on an eighty thousand dollar rug. That's that's funny. <laughs> that's true. That's absolutely true. But the, but it goes back to what you're saying is that you gotta. Um, they're not gonna tell you that. You know, they they're not gonna give you that game because if they give you that game, they're gonna. You know, they got a lot of people are got a super duper head start. They ain't trying to let you come close to them. You know, because they're concerned about you sometimes. Not all the time. Sometimes. You know these big companies, I mean, big families, they don't care about you. But the ones, you know, they like, I ain't about to give. I had to learn myself. You gotta figure out yourself. So, you know, I appreciate you giving the information that you're giving right now because a lot of people ain't probably peep on that. You know, especially like little things. Like I'll tell you, I've heard people collecting Barbie dolls and making making money from that, collecting um, um, toys and like. Rare, rare uh, video games, you know, like, like, because the thing is, a lot of this stuff is going digital. So some of these consoles that people be buying, you know, like old like Super Nintendo, and you got games that you can't find no more, and they going for like a couple of thousands because you can't find original cartridges for that game no more. And it's crazy because you got to find things that people are going to find value, you know, and you you be surprised about what. People, what, what things people find by you? So, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, yeah, that's the nostalgia, man. People want it. People want what they, you know, what they had when they were younger, or what they wanted when they were younger. Yeah, they want it. and um, yeah. Only thing else I'll say, yeah, the ancestors are, you know, giving you the not giving you the possibility, you know, to get this information. But I'm gonna say, you know, I, you know. I'm gonna give you credit for sticking with it this long because you don't you don't have to do this, you know. And you could have been doing something else. And if no one else says it, I appreciate it. I appreciate you know, finally, I guess just the way things worked out. I was able to get around this information to get around a person like you and others. And I guess it was just meant to be. You know, things work out that way. It was. I got in the right lane or I got in the right path and I start meeting with people and like you said the first investment one of the first investments to get around people that can help pull you up instead of pull you down because if you got people you might a lot of your friends that you used to know you might outgrow them because you're on another another wavelength you're on another path and they ain't ready to move up there and so you might end up meeting new people Getting a new smaller group of people that you're kicking with instead of all these people, and they you giving them information, they give you information, and like I said, information is key. So, like I said, I appreciate it, appreciate what you do, appreciate the foundation, appreciate the man Yusuf, and appreciate everybody you bring on here, and letting people like me be able to absorb this and be able to express how I feel about it, and that's pretty much it. Man, thank you. I appreciate you, man. I, I appreciate you calling in. I appreciate you being down for the foundation so long. You were regular. You one of the one of the brothers of the foundation. Yeah, man. Uh, definitely thanks for you adding 
had it to the foundation. Yeah, man. Like, you know, you buy rugs and paintings. And, and this stuff is valued. This stuff is definitely valued. <laughs> yeah, so what's up? Yeah, you be. It's crazy, bro. You just gotta realize that you you might be walking on something that's valuable. And it's like you said, the e waste. It's so much stuff. And like you said, so many opportunities. You just gotta find it. Because, uh, you know, you the, you a creator. Like they said, all is in the mind, the mind's in the all. So you can create your reality. You just gotta have a a willing and capable uh personality to do it. And find the people that can help you. And that's it. Absolutely. You take one step, man, the universe takes two with you. Or two for you. Maybe even three. Depends, <laughs> I guess, right? Hey, like I said, I appreciate you, man. None but love from here over in the day. None but love. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for calling in, man. Peace, peace, peace to the guys. Peace. All right, seven one eight eighty ninety two. This looks familiar. This number looks familiar. Peace. Hey, yeah, it's familiar. You know, it's that what the ah. deal type of dude. Ah, my guy from Brownsville. Um, yes, um, I'm going to take, you know, um, I'm taking everything I'm doing now, it's, you know, my, the wheels are winding in my head, you know, and I'm inventing a new wheel, and, and you know, um, a lot of um, dudes, you know, um, a lot of these people, they from like, um, you know, you have different sides of the track, but uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to put like all the stuff I know, and I'm going to put that, I'm going to put it on the track. You know, how they say put that hole on the road, put that hole on the track. Everything I'm going to do, I'm going to, like, you know, put that house on the track, you know. I'm, once I flip it, and I'm going to put it out there, you know. You know, quiet, quiet. Everything I'm going to do, I'm going to acquire something. I'm going to always acquire something, you know. Like, you know how they say acquire that equity, or you can put that house up, or you can put it up because, you know, um, it's worth something. Every time I acquire something... You know, and I advise everybody to do it. Like you said, you know, um, you're quiet. You you just keep on going, dear. Keep on on going and on going. You know, and I, I'm gonna apply it. You know, I'm gonna apply it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to another level. You know, I'm gonna take it to another level. I always just say I'm gonna be the black Donald Trump. <laughs> you know, in real estate. You know, but I'm gonna let you take oh, okay. the next caller. No, always love for you. You know, and um. You know, always be safe and keep on doing what you're doing. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, man. Peace to the gods. All right. Peace to the gods. <clears throat> um, you know what? I just got a text. And uh, unfortunately, I got to go. I'm out of here. Luckily, we are at the end of the show, so it's not so disruptive. I know there's other callers. I apologize. But, um, you know, I gave it to you. Welcome to the foundation.com. You can sign up for the email list. Definitely want to do that. Uh, book a consultation. I definitely recommend you inquire with regards to trustee training if you haven't already. And, you know, <clears throat> beyond that, I really uh, trust that, you know, y'all gained something from the show. And that, you know, it helps you think at the very least. And at the most, it helps you to continue to move forward in your transition into the private. With that being said, 
I definitely want to thank the people who called in. I want to thank you, Chappelle, as always, for, you know, being the big brother. And I want to invite you to email me, admin at welcome to the foundation.com. If you have any questions, you want to do a consultation, you got questions about trustee training, you're looking to start your own business, your LLC, entity classification, questions on EINs, whatever, it doesn't matter. Hit me up, admin at welcome to the foundation.com. You have a great week. Enjoy yourself. I'll catch you next week. Take care of yourself. And you know what I want to say. And things you're thankful for. I don't care if it's corny. What you gonna do from the south side? I love y'all, man. Y'all have a great week. Peace to the God. High frequency radio.